Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We are here in These Things Happen. Down on the seafront, on Roger, it's a bar that's been open for a while. You've probably heard us mention it before. We've done a few reactions from here. So come and check it out. Uh, and we'll have more news related to this bar later on uh, in terms of some live action that we're going to do. But I'm here and Matt is with me as well. Hello. You all right? Yeah, handy for you, isn't it? Good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember you recommend any, any pubs or bars next to my house on the other side of Sunderland. No, the wrong side of Sunderland. No, no, no I think you'll find the posh side of Sunderland. You're in that, you're in that side now. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined by former Sunderland player Thomas Butler as well. Good evening, Thomas. How are we doing, folks? Are we all right? Yes, this is your this is your territory as well, yeah? This is my neck of the woods, and you're right. You do need a passport to get over this <laughs> side of the, of, of the water, 100%. Yeah, well... I'm um, looking forward to talking to you uh, today. We'll have a crack with you, and we'll obviously mention nothing uh, we've we've uh, kind of hinted at at the start. So what we'll do is we'll talk about the Norwich game a little bit. Uh, I know people don't necessarily come to us for like loads of opposition insight. I'm well um, for the preview podcast, Steve. for the preview podcast, but which is why I'm not doing this one because it's which, not really going to be a preview. Yeah, podcast. no, no, that's, no, that's fine. That is that is your brand, and people know you. But what I was saying was like opposition insight might not be the the thing that we focus on as much as other podcasts that's no, fine well, you should go podcasts are all doing the same thing isn't it you should go and listen to What the Folk if you want um, <laughs> an insight yeah. even though we did it first just saying we did. we did it first before other podcasts started to do it but you know we're not bitter about that and <laughs> it's less work for us to do to be honest so we don't mind about that so we're just going to talk about this that and everything we'll um, have a little bit of a, a chat about the current situation three defeats in a row of course for Sunderland look ahead to Norwich a little bit and then we'll uh, have a bit of crap with Thomas just about a little, little bit of an insight into his Sunderland career um, and then go from there. Everything sound all right? Sounds sound good. All right. Colourful career. Sounds great, Steve. Sounds great. Right, tell me what's happening in, in, in a general dressing room, Thomas, when you're losing three games in a row and your manager is a caretaker manager. Um, it's just, it's confidence as always. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've been there before. I've been in those, I mean, I've been in those seasons with record, you know, low points, if you know what I mean. And, uh, it's the worst thing is you see the fans and you see the frustrations obviously you know you, you, even at half time if it's nil-nil you can kind of feel it kind of around the ground the groans and all that type of stuff so especially in a big stadium you can kind of feel it and it does settle in especially, I don't think we're quite we're not quite there yet are we like it's still it's it, it, it's close you feel like it's around the corner don't you you feel like that's around the corner there were a few mumblings on Saturday and understandably so yeah. just like it's yeah. uneasy it's really uneasy there's like things like 
if it's on goal it would have got a round of applause three weeks ago mm. that are now like groaned at because it's like what you do like it's when it's, it's mad how it's like literally a boof things change like it's crazy it's because the expectations are so high because it's such a big club um and the pressure comes with it and that's why i think players and when they're doing the recruiting it's you know, do they sit down with the players and say, look, do you realise what you're coming into here? Because this is what they expect. You know, like, you know, it's... And that's why I think it's really tough sometimes. And especially, obviously, look, three losses in a row in a, in a place like this. You do feel it, and you feel it even around the town. You feel it outside the ground. You feel it when you go into bars and places are empty. And it's just a knock-on effect is massive. And you don't, you don't really realise it until you're there. And, and obviously, I've seen it and I've been there before where... We've probably lost. To get three, that's not bad. I'll probably take that. <laughs> yeah. I've probably been around where we've lost fifteen on the bounce. So uh, come at me when, when, when that's happening, and, yeah. and, then, and then you'll no, know. Yeah, we, right. and we yeah. aren't quite there yet. But I, I do think like it's a, it's an important part of the seasons. We were talking about on Monday because season ticket renewals will be out soon, and and we've been seeing this. Not to go over all ground, but we've been warning them of this. That this is, this is what happens. Don't take things for granted, and. The last thing you need when you're in this situation, because they've 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 messed up royally on a number of things. Going back to the Newcastle allegation, to be frank. And what do you need? What do you really want to happen when you get to this point? You want Jack Clark to be injured for six weeks? Yeah, you do, don't you? I think like as well. Like obviously the Clark Clark's knackered, and it seems like lots of things are starting to conspire against us at the minute, and like. Roberts is obviously injured. Ballard's still suspended. But just touching on the the last like the three defeats in a row as well. I think what's really not helped is the teams that we've lost to. Like we've lost to Huddersfield, Birmingham, and Swansea. This was supposed to be the nine points we're going to pick up and yeah. get the season back on track. And I think they they are the three teams like about three places above the bottom three. They were nine. That was seven points at least. There. I mean, really, you know, you'd be looking at them fix, ahead of the ones that we've now got. And now, obviously, Clark was injured for a... He was a doubt for the for the Swansea game. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, he was out. Maybe a doubt for the Salva. And now, he's out for six weeks. So, it's... Something was obviously... I, I, and you're hoping that's best-case scenario, yeah, six yeah. weeks. You, you normally get physios that the manager's literally saying to him, look, please, you know, do us a favour here. And he's six weeks, but it might, you know, it might be more than that. So, and you're hoping it's not one of those ones. You know what I mean? So, you've been, again, been in there before and... If you are a key player at that specific time, the manager will be begging you, come on, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be all right, you'll be all right. And then you're, you're almost saying six weeks, but might be a couple more, which you're hoping it's not, especially with him. Because again, he's the game changer, isn't he? So, and as good as he is, if this happens six months ago when Tony Melbourne said we're playing well, we're on the front foot and everything's kicking, it doesn't hit you as much then, does it? Like, what would there be perspective of a player around that, like now? Like you're going through a little bit of a sticky patch now, and and, and you, you're going to talk about this as players as well as fans would, yeah. Yeah, it's it's morale as well. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll have the you'll have other players around those types of players that can win your games, and then if you see them, if you're struggling a little bit, say you're operating at six, seven out of a ten, and if you see one of your key players who you know, listen, even if we're all at sixes and sevens, Jack's going to get us out of shit here. We're we're all right. If he's injured now, now it's a kind of a right. Everyone's looking around the change room to say right. Who's going to be the main man? Who's going to be the character to step in his shoes now and, and give us a big lift? And I, I'm not sure if there's, there's, if you look around now, apart from him, who's going to give you that lift? And that's why I think where you'll see the characters come out. You'll either one or two might surprise you and go, wow, I didn't know he had, he had that in the locker to step in someone's shoes. Or 
it's going to be really tough few weeks. It'll be it'll be one of those. Okay, so it, I mean, it is. We've spoken loads and loads about the lack of experience, and we're not going to go like off all ground on that. But the last the last thing those at the top who've put all this together would have wanted was people like Clark Roberts, the experienced ones to go out. Evans was obviously the first one to go because back themselves into corner again with that haven't they but it'd be, it'd be like my era back in the day if, if I mean we, we revolved around Kevin Phillips so if Kevin Phillips got injured there wasn't really a plan B really it was like we are in real big trouble here obviously Quinny played up against Kev now if both of them got injured you can forget it it would have been after have after, after Diggio and Bridges went yeah, yeah, after, yeah. after they went I yeah. mean that, that's still and even then that was in the championship when yeah. you think back then mm. we had four of those types of strikers then now you can imagine the championship now with those four now mm-hmm. you'd be probably on top of the league huh. within by 20 points four clear. strikers yeah you know so <laughs> it's, it's, it's we're in the era now where the problem is I think uh, in the championship especially is Every other team is chasing the same little pool of strikers, and unless you're willing to outspend other people, and I get it, you don't want to overspend. And some of them have done that in the past and been caught yep. with five-year contracts, completely fifty, yep. sixty a week, yep. and quite happy to take money. So I get, I get, I see both sides now, which I didn't as a player, but now I see it and say, well, hold on a minute, do we really want to? Do we really want to pay someone who should be only on ten a week, give them forty just to outbid everyone else? And they only give us six goals. So, or do you take the gamble and it gets you 30 goals and you get promoted? So it's, it's a really tough one from the money perspective, the money side. And I, and I understand it. And that's, where, that's why I always think recruitment's so hard. Uh, I mean, I was saying to Matt earlier on, saying you, you'll have two or three really good years of recruitment. And fans are buzzing, everyone's happy. One really bad year, and then it's oh, I don't know what he's doing, and you're getting slower, and I, and I and I get it. It's it's that type of frustration. It's 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 really tough. It's really hard. Yeah, totally. And this summer's going to be it's going to be huge on that front, isn't it? But uh... I, think, I think with Clark, obviously, you mentioned earlier in the season. I think with Clark, he's a bit of a freak. I think a bit yeah. like Phillips. Yeah. He's like he is irreplaceable at this level. Like, yeah. So I think at any point of the season, it would have been like massively disruptive you just have to look at his stats this season even in October, November he was way ahead of everybody else in the team but obviously then we had Roberts there and I know people give Roberts pelt he's a brilliant footballer you'd need him in the team now 100% I think it's the, the, the slam that Roberts gets I think is mental because he's people focus on stats too much yeah, and it's, if you watch I love watching Patrick Roberts play football it's brilliant the sooner we can get him back in the team better. but I think with Clark the, he is a freak and he is irreplaceable, but I think it's happened at just possibly the worst yeah. time. Like it's mad, and and, and it's because the issue is you could have said this about Ahmad last year yeah. as well. Yeah. So then, when it happens again, I think the frustration is if the fans had seen anything from anybody else who've been purchased in the last couple of years, yeah. they give you a bit hope that they're going to be the next person. So Ahmad Lee, Clark was good last season, but he wasn't as ridiculous yeah. as he was this season. So. When Ahmad left, you saw enough from Clark last season to say, well, he could be yeah. the one to step up. There's, there's, no there's nobody, no, is there? There's, no there's nobody but now. That, that's where recruitment is is massive. And, I mean, I go back to my time when I was at Swansea in League One. We probably had four four wingers. So it was all not far off the same level. So you had, like, two wingers that will start all the time. And no matter what happens to those two wingers, the other two are, are almost a couple of percent just below them, but enough to do a job now 
that's brilliant recruitment because it's hard and you've got to pay them as well. So are Sunderland willing to say, right, OK, look, there's two wingers or two wide men. Are we willing to try and, if it's going to cost four or five million per winger as, as backup wingers almost, and then you've got to try and keep them happy and say, look, your, your third, fourth choice winger, can you, can you keep them happy as well and say, look, listen, if these lads are playing in Hedia, you're going to have to be willing to just, when they get injured, you're almost willing to back up and buy into what the, the club are doing to get where we need to get to. We need to get promoted, but we need two positions almost covered across the whole 11. So you almost need 22 players, another 11, almost yeah. standard to just walk in. It was like, and I talk about Bridges and, and Danny Dicchio saying there, so like, obviously Deitch wasn't nowhere near like Quinney's level. But Deitch could come in and do enough just to get through four or five, six games then until Quinney's back and then it, they just swapped over. Uh, and then Bridges then was not a bad replacement for, for, for Kev sometimes. But again, are you willing to go out? Are you willing to pay for it? And that's, 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 that's all to do with the business side of stuff. And can you go? Are, are they available? So where are these players? And what other clubs are competing <clears throat> Do we have the muscle to outmuscle those types of other clubs? It's really tough. It's it is. Tough. It is, and I think like we keep reiterating, you know, we acknowledge that. You mentioned now we we've had a history of overpaying and not really having a plan, and just you know you watch the first season of Sunderland until I die, and they're clearly just getting in who they can, and like it is really refreshing that we aren't there anymore, and we we acknowledge that all the time, and that as a from a general template and a general plan and process they've done really well and they've brought in some really good players and stuff but it's now it's it can't just you know that's just took us from where we bottomed out yeah. that can never be that can never be the sort of aim that's got to be above that yeah. I think it's um, time to move on from the well we used to be in League One we're yeah, not in exactly, League One anymore yeah. because yeah. like not it's not the benchmark is it not, I don't know why I couldn't think of the word stop. benchmark yeah, not losing 6-0 to Bolton is not a benchmark yeah. like, that shouldn't yeah. be a thing yeah. and I think it's not it's not just like criticising for the sake of it but if you look at the recruitment in January I mentioned it Thomas before we were talking about it Southampton did this in the Premier League and have been much higher they yeah. were churning over players bringing in players for lowish fees selling them on and then all of a sudden bang it went and then they got relegated yeah. and now obviously the they're on the way back up now obviously but it can happen really quickly if you don't replace a player we could lose Swansea people used to say that about as well we could lose the spine of the team in the summer we could lose Ballard, Neil and Clark and possibly the goalkeeper I'm not you know whatever the goalkeeper but that's going to be so difficult to replace and we don't have any it's going to have to be fresh recruitment we don't have anyone who they've recruited recently that can just... That's the worrying thing, yeah. There's no one way... Quality, re re replacing quality with similar type of quality. Yeah. And, and again, it's keeping that quality happy. That's that's the tough bit. If, if you've got similar players on a similar type of level, are they happy to just be on the bench? Well, how do you keep yeah. them entertained? How do you keep them happy? And that's that's where you then... You need a top draw manager then with a good personality to manage them. Yeah. Like I've had... When we've been promoted, when I've been... When I've done a Swansea League one, we had Roberto Martinez... And I don't know how he did it, but he kept even the reserves happy, which I've never seen in my life. Now, I don't know how he's done it, but it's just the way he was communicating and speaking to them and pulling them every day and saying, you're a big part of where we're going, what we want to achieve, and without you, we need you. Be ready, be ready. And he, he kept kind of like interacting with, the, when you were just, just a little bit outside of, he always felt, you know what, I've got a chance. He's, he's not like the other managers who just blank you and walk past you and you're not part of it. He kind of kept you involved. So I think the manager is 
absolutely vital but if he's got a big personality and he can inspire the other ones outside that say like 12 13 14 that are guaranteed to be a kind of playing every week you've got to keep them engaged because i've seen a few times with Sunderland is that some lads will come on and and it just looks like they're way off some of the lads that are coming on they're not even close and in the championship like it's a, it's a such it's such a hard league that's why there's crazy results where like you were saying earlier on Matt was it's seven points from where Sunderland are to in the, in the bottom three we're 12 points from is the it? bottom three Sorry, 12 we're points. points from the playoffs yeah. it's, so that, like within two but the thing it's is nothing is it it's crazy it's, yeah. it's two games in four days yeah. so that could swing either way you could you could be a point off sixth or you could be six points off the bottom three by Tuesday yeah. it's mad it's mad and I think yeah it, 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 and I think, I, think, I think with the championship as well is from what I've seen for the over the years and teams I've known and players that have played in it and been successful is that spine you talk about is you need a top draw centre back you need a top draw yeah. centre mid you need it, that 20 goal striker and then obviously then you need your two or three backups if one or two if they get injured but you're going to have to pay for it unfortunately and I, I keep seeing on that's a bad thing about it you're going to have to no, pay no it is and I, I keep seeing on Twitter though like oh Clark's injured so well it'll just give us a chance to see what we're like without him because We've got, but the players that we've got here, they cannot be the replacement for Jack. So it's not like what it would be like next season. Because yeah. if you go into the next season with no no disrespect, but Mundell and Barr, unless Mundell suddenly like, finds this this gear we haven't seen yet, and it's early days, so you you never you never see a never. And you hope he does. Yeah, like, yeah. I hope this might be. There's flashes of it, but yeah. like it's just stratospheres apart yeah. from what. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. Totally. And I, I don't. I think that's the contingencies. Is do they sit down and say what ifs? And that's what I would be doing as recruitment. I'd be saying, what's the worst case scenario here next month if we lose A, B, C, D from our group? Yeah. Right. If we lose them, who's ready to go in? Nobody. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and it's as simple as that. Right. Well, what are we doing? I'm going to put this question to the floor. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? I, I would be kind of going, and I, I used to see it in the Premier League and I remembered it. When we were in the Premier League, I remember Peter Reid used to look around on our bench. We were playing against Arsenal. And he and uh, Arsene Wenger's looking on his bench, and he's looking around, and he sees um, Perez, Youngberg, whoever it is on the bench. And then Reedy's gone. I need to make some changes. And he looks around, and sees Butler, Kyle, Proctor, and then, and he's almost gone. Oh God! Like, how am I going to change it? Well, look at look, look at my bench and look at Arsenal's, and it's almost comical because you're going. You're almost looking at the manager saying, I feel your pain. And I'm on the bench looking <laughs> yeah, at him going, Gaffer, yeah. I'm almost apologising to him saying, sorry Gaffer, I'm on 700 quid a week and there's a lad on the bench next to me on uh, 75 grand a week. So, you, you know what I mean? So, you kind of feel their pain a little yeah. bit. But and, and, and what they would have, and, and we're talking about everything, you know, everything up until a point has gone right for those in charge of like recruitment and everything else and has gone, and we're not getting like, how that's made the market in my opinion, that's arguably been their downfall now things are going wrong and people are getting injured and results are going wrong and, and also we're talking about the last thing they wanted was Clark to get injured but another thing is they send out two players to Hibs and they're thinking please just rip it up please just yeah. rip it up and the two guys are sitting on the bench and, and, and that's like they normally have arrangements where before you go on loan Got to play. the reasons why yeah. you're going is you have to play but it doesn't exist over here because if you're a manager and someone's just not at it it doesn't matter if he's on 20 grand a week if he's not at it you, you could lose a whole change, in, a change room and I've seen it happen before where 
you know, the chairman, the chairmans and, and the directors are ringing up the manager saying, Wait, he's on 20 grand a week, he has to play. And the manager's going, he is brutal, I can't play him. You just don't know what he's talking about. So there's a big gap from operations upstairs to football operations on the pitch. So you could lose everyone by doing that. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's those lads then that, that have gone there and they're not playing. Well, then it's exactly what it is. It's like... Here's another one. That's another kick and kicking the stones you don't need. Do you know what I mean? It's well, I think Triandis started off in the side as well. He played the first four games, and he and now he's no longer in the yeah. side. He's behind God knows who in the pecking order. But Mienda has just been total waste of time. Triandis gave away a penalty on his debut. <laughs> they gave away another penalty, I think, the week after. It just, I just, it's not like these players are. That's the level they should be at now, not, developing their career. That's the thing. They're not good enough, are they? Not like, for a championship team, like, no. You're looking at that, if you can't get in that Hibs team, who were, what, 6th, 7th in the SPL? I don't know where they are, I have no idea. But they're, but they're not winning the league, are they? Yeah. They're not like... No. And it, if you can't get in that, and if he's been dropped from that team, how the hell is he supposed to comp- like play? come up and play against Leicester? Yeah. <clears throat> like, it's, it's not... It just isn't practical. Silt's done okay, but he's played about five games. And barely at centre half, like he's shunted them out at right back, and he's shunted them. And me end it. I mean, I, me, uh, I don't know. Uh, what? The recruitment's just barbaric. It, it it's it's re- look, it's really hard, and uh, and it's you, you can kind of explain it when I used to work in recruitment when I finished playing football. I remember getting a player over from Limerick uh, in League of Ireland over to Brentford. And Ollie Watkins and all these lads were ahead of him in the championship and they were flying Brentford. The recruitment was one of the best around and still is. Um, and he was fifth choice winger. And he, I think he only cost like 50 or 60 grand, something like that. I actually, when I was working in that recruitment, offering him to Sunderland and they didn't take him. Um, and, and all he's about is pace and power. His name's Chidozeg Bene. He plays for Luton. He's a left, he's a winger. Oh, yeah. um, so he's flying now at Luton, one of the main men for them, the Premier League, you know, so... He went to Exeter in League Two and struggled on loan. And he was ringing me saying, I've been dropped, dropped him, struggling here. Now he's playing the Premier League at Luton and he's main man every week. So like, it's tough sometimes. And this is why the recruitment stuff, if, if there's someone is nailing it and getting 100% of it, he deserves all the money in the world, whoever this person is, because it's so hard to get right. Environment, family, moving them to schools, are they settled in the area? Am I happy? There's so much more goes kind of a lot of it outside of just going into training on the pitch it shouldn't because the fans are paying for a product to deliver deliver for me on that pitch that's what they're saying but they're human beings as well which is really hard and that's the, the other side of it you can't be kind of don't see um, but it's 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 just be, I mean look you're at Hibs yeah but if you're not making that Hibs you'll well, you're going to struggle at Sunderland. They, they'll argue up there that Hibs are better than Sunderland. They know yeah, the like up there. Well, yeah, but you know, that's yeah, what they yeah. like. Because yeah. I, I played up, I played yeah. at Dunfermline and they actually thought Dunfermline were in the Scottish Premier League. They thought it was better. And I used to argue all the time and say, slaughter them and say, there's no way this this is probably League Two. And I used to get battered. I used to get slaughtered by them. But I, I'd agree with you, Matt, on that. Like, because if you're struggling in Scotland and that, I, I'd liken the, the Scottish Premier League. And I don't care what anyone says up there. It's League One, low League One at best, but apart from Celtic Rangers, yeah. maybe one of the team. Now, I'll get slaughtered for saying that, but I'll disagree 100% from what I've seen. Like I saying, you're playing the likes of Leicester's and all these, 
absolutely different levels compared yeah. to Hypernians and all that. I just don't them. understand how they can be expected to come back from that loan spell to then be ready for next season. Well, they're going to have to go straight back out again somewhere to, yeah. to, to try and, like, so just to try and salvage what they've, you know. Well, I look at Sunderland as in, like, is Sunderland a bigger club than Brentford? Is it a bigger club than Brighton? Yes, mass. Like compared to those two clubs, I I would argue they're bigger. No, Some, it something is. Bigger. Yeah, so yeah. no one There's can argue that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So why is that? Why are they on fire? And why is their recruitment so good? So if I'm the business people at Sunderland, I'm just going to go right. Well, hold on a minute. Do you know what we should do? What? Go down there and find out what their model is and why don't we just copy it? There's no, there's no shame in it. I think it. there's a degree of trying to do that. Yeah. But the difference is, like, we keep talking about everybody loves to use Brighton as an example, ignoring the fact that Welbeck and Milner and people like that are the, and, and Dunk yeah. are their really important players. Yeah. And they're, they're, the, they're, the players who, yeah, they're the players who hold it together. Yeah. So it's not always just, like, this singing and dancing model where you bring this player in, yeah. get loads, go and replace them. Like, it doesn't... Brentford do it. Ben Mead is plays for Brentford they're, they're struggling a little bit Brentford but like they're not all but they brought loads of Danish internationals over yeah. who were like weren't young kids yeah they're not like all Half 19 Denmark years team old. Player for like, them, like, yeah. it, like you need <laughs> there has to be a balance in anything almost in life really like it, it, and it's like it's the, Brentford also and Brentford of Brighton brought these players in they haven't just like obviously Evans was already here basically yeah. when when they brought them in, so they're not even just, oh, we'll just keep them and tell them they're not replaced. They're bringing in the experience. I mean, Milner is like, what, 84? Is I mean, yeah. what an incredible... He's but, a freak. But, 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 you like, imagine, but you imagine a Milner, and then you imagine an 18 and 19-year-old in around him training and watching how, he, watching how he trains, watching how he conducts himself, and learning and going, do you know what, That's, he's, in, he's in early in the morning, he works harder than all of us, the bloke's 40. Yeah. Right, I'm just gonna. Call. I want to. Do you want a career like him? Copy him then. Look how he's revitalised um, Billy Gilmore. Yeah. yeah. Like, not saying James Milner has done that, but no doubt that's he's had a part yeah. to play. It's in obvious, so, isn't it? This like, stuff's just obvious. Like, we shouldn't. It shouldn't even need people like us to say this. It's fucking obvious, isn't well, it? We, like, we had Kev, uh, Kevin Ball, obviously, when yeah. I was up there at Sunderland, standards-wise, first one in the morning, the fittest bloke, everything organised, <clears> no messing about. You know where he stood. Just in terms of that, and he'd be honest and say, "Look, I wasn't probably the best technical footballer. He could still play, and he, and he doesn't get enough credit because he was actually probably better than what he was. But he, he knew his role. His standards were so high, you had to kind of almost right. If I'm my standards aren't even close to his, I'm in trouble here, like because I, I I'm going into that to try and impress him and other players, if you know what I mean. And and yet. If you're going to get success and get promoted, you need these types of characters. And, and I always wonder with Sunderland is, what types of characters do they have in the change room? Oh nine, obviously. Oh, is it oh nine? I, don't, I can't remember. What's this? Oh nine. Oh nine. So oh nine's personality. So he looks like that a good type of character, like all fight and all that. What what Sunderland want? But you need probably a few more. You need like I remember there was like Bawley, There was an Alex Ray. There was a Quinny, Mickey Gray. That was about six, seven voices, like real big, strong characters. And you think, how many do they have? One or two? Like, who would talk in that change room? Who would talk at half-time? There's, no, there's no one. Like, oh, nine. Oh, nine yeah. would talk at half-time, wouldn't but, he? And then you're looking at Dan Neal, and he's 22 years yeah. old. Like, exactly. Ballard, maybe. But again, he's 23, yeah. 24. They're not, there's no, like... Ballard's probably the next experienced player, really. He had a season at Millwall, a season at... Um, I might go somewhere else. Might have two yeah. seasons here, but it's like the the kids these like oh nine's and he's not even thirty. 
There's no one, obviously Evans is back in training, but there's no other player that side of thing that's in the squad. And I think in a championship, like from what I've seen over the last 20 years of just teams that have kind of bounced up and bounced down, they've always had like a big core. When it, even Swansea, when I was at Swansea in the championship, when they went up to the Premier League, I looked around and I thought, like all the characters, Ashley Williams, Gary Monk, Leon Britton, all these like big kind of characters and I was thinking I've never kind of seen a team go up with just one person that speaks and everyone's a little bit quiet and there's loads of young lads it's very very rare from what I've seen you need it might take it that you have three or four lads late 20s and I know the models now and our recruitment people are obsessed with it nobody over the age of 24 brilliant and I get that but you need them you need three four five players late 20s that have been right let's get someone who's had experience being in a championship and getting into the Premier League, who are they? Are they available? Right, let's get five of them then and put them into a squad with our young lads and let's see if that works. Now, it might not, but just try it. Try it and see what happens. Because that's what I've seen from the teams in the championship that go up. The generally all around, you, do you, ever, you rarely see it, all, everyone under 23 get promoted. Very rare. Absolutely, and also just the, the last thing on the Brentford thing is like what people like love to use as an example, and all the speculation about what might happen to Jack Clark in the summer. But Brentford went out and replaced Ollie Watkins with Ivan Tony, so like yeah. that needs to be right as well, doesn't it? So uh, and it's yeah. hard to do, isn't it? It's very like it's very hard to of do course, because but the problem Sunderland have is every other recruitment department, every other club is chasing the same group of players. The agents are all. They're all, you know, what relationship does the club have with the, these types of people's agents? If you don't have a relationship, that might be a key factor. So there's so many other aspects of it. They don't seem to have a very good one with Ian Hart. Because <laughs> he keeps coming out and talking about Jack Clark leaving, doesn't he? Which I guess is his job. He did, he did that when he was a Leeds as well. But, then, but then are Sunderland sitting down with Jack Clark and saying, Do you know what, Jack, we know that a Premier League team, a West Ham or wherever it is, might offer you 60, 70 grand a week. We'll match it. We're Sunderland. We're a big club too. Are they having that conversation? And if they were, and saying, Jack, look, if we, if we do go up, you're going to be the main man and we are going to pay it. They might not be. Because a lot of people, although you think it's like Sunderland's my club, the business people upstairs probably don't even... You know I what? don't think they probably don't even. They probably fact, never even spoke to Ian Hart. No? And that's what a lot of people don't sometimes don't realise and go, oh, well, if I was Jack, I would want to pay. I'd say, I get that. But the, he's probably not. The business people are probably not even rang his agent. Yeah, did. I think you know. Stuart exactly. was the first one to go, and I think was with Clark. They need to get it right because this is what they've pinned all the hopes on selling players for these kind of fees, and they need to get it right, like we keep saying. Um, I'm going to ask you one last thing before we take a quick break, and then we'll just do a quick um, ten minutes on on, on you, Thomas. Um, you mentioned uh, needing a strong manager or head coach as it is today around to talk to fringe players and stuff like that it's clear that the players like Mike Dodds it's clear that they're like have you been in a position before where you've had a coach who's well liked really good coach I know he got a couple of things really right in his most recent um, caretaker spell but is it always a concern that it's a different role and if the defeats keep coming not really I think it's personality I mean I remember Gary Monk got this Swansea job and he was a player that got asked the chairman actually pulled him in and said that this was at Swansea and said Gary how do you feel about being manager now he went from being a player like I was and he come out of the office and said what's a crack in there Monks he went 
the chairman's just said, uh, asked me to be manager. And I started laughing. And he went, no, I've been deadly serious. And he actually talked to it really well because the players in the change room respected him. And, and like, you know, he, he had that kind of respect, if you know what I mean. So he actually done really well with them. So it kind How of... How much did he change? And I'll tell you why I'm asking that in a minute. How quick... Because we, we've, we've sat in Terry Butcher's house and spoke to him... And he say, he just says, I got that completely wrong. Yeah. I tried to change too quickly. Yeah. I started, like, my best mates, I started just being a dickhead to, basically. Yeah. And, uh, and, and like, <laughs> he, he'd probably be the first one that admit it, but he'd say, we're not easy either. We're a nightmare as well. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's gone from, right, I have to be really serious. I'm responsible for so much to me sending them stupid WhatsApps of, of like, memes at such and such a clock, and I'm saying, oh, he hasn't replied to that. Oh, he's changed. He's going to tell me, <laughs> I'm trying to manage, I'm speaking to agents, I'm doing this and doing that, and you're sending me memes at 11 o'clock at night. Do you know what I mean? So, like, when you look at it, you think, it, it is that type of job, it's stressful. But Martinez was the same. Roberto, he was a young lad coming at 36 as manager in League 1, 35. Um, and he played with all the players, and every player on the team was calling Roberto, and he had to keep pulling them up and saying, it's Gaffer, it's Boss. And they were just laughing and going, shut up, Robbie. Like, and you go, no, no, lads, being steady serious, you're going to have to start calling me gaffer, and you just giggle and laugh. So there's good banter with it, it can work certain ways, but I've seen it where it, where it does work, but at the same time, is you can't beat those big personalities. Like Peter Reid was a big personality and, and almost like fearful person where you think, holy shit, you had a presence about him where you think if he spoke, wow, you shut up, you listen, you follow instructions, or else not only are you getting it, out. That's why I like Mowbray, and obviously not no. not that old school. We're not going to say that as much anymore when you talk about like no. Reed and what Keane might have been like. Yeah. But um, he carried authority with him though, and I felt like that's what was really good for this young group of players because yeah. Dodge and everybody cracked on with the coach and got them playing yeah. the way they were playing. And Mowbray was just a figurehead of it, yeah. almost like a manager, but without the like transfer responsibilities. Yeah. And and that yeah. I think that's what is needed. And in it's this trust role. as well. It's trust. Like, you'll, you'll get a manager that will, will say, this is the way we're going to play, and, and, and he'll give you evidence of why he thinks it'll work. And then there's nothing better than when it, when it happens on a pitch and it works, the players will come off the pitch and go, wow, everything he said was spot on and it works. And, and you buy into it and go, do you know what? I'll run through Waltram because he wasn't full of shit. Everything he said was spot on. And that kind of builds, whereas if it's a manager who's a kind of a... Oh, look, he's just, you know, he's, he's kind of bluffing here a little bit and kind of see through it a little bit. That's where you kind of think, don't really trust them, so I'm just going to do my own thing. And that then there's no cohesion on the pitch. And you kind of see those teams where, you know, when you see a team, you go, they don't look like they have a plan or they win the ball and they get out wide. They don't look like that. They don't look like what to, no, they know what they're doing. Whereas when you have those other types of managers that explain to you the week before it happens who they're playing against and almost predict this is what's going to happen, this is what they're going to do when it happens, then you're kind of going, wow, this blokes. Well, and I've had those ones where I thought, this, I'll run through walls for him because he's backed everything up, he said. So, but then again, that they're also hard to get. That's the problem. Where do you get these managers? They're so hard to get because every other club is trying to get them as well. That's the problem. It's a big, it's a big test for Dodds now because it'll have been what that game last week was the win really. Like Swansea at home, he's got a tough couple of games now. Leicester on Tuesday, Norwich on Saturday, and like 
Every game that league is solid, got it wrong so on Saturday as well. Yeah. Norwich have hit a bit of form now, haven't they? Because yeah. they, they, their manager was on the brink at one point. Yeah, they hit. When we beat them here, yeah. they were all predicting that that was going to be the last for him. And he's managed to... They still don't like him. No, it's it, it's like kind of like... It's what, they're in the position what we were seeing would happen with Bale, where they're like... It doesn't matter how well they're playing, the two defeats away from the fans turning. And sometimes... Do you know what I heard about Bale is? What I've heard from people that know him is that... He's supposed to be an unbelievable coach, but not a great manager. Now, there you go. There's a kind of a... And, and, and a Mowbray figurehead kind of thing. it actually yeah. looks like a saying, so anyone I've spoken to, I said, what's Bill like, apparently? And these are lads that have pro-licensed coaching degrees and all this. Then, um, have you ever seen him on a pitch? He's unbelievable. But then he might not be a good manager. So again, as a club, manage that and go, yeah. okay, look, you're going in as head coach and then we're going to have someone in as manager and you just do all the coaching and let someone else, like, again, Peter Reid, I'll go back to Peter Reid. Peter Reid probably didn't see him. He'd probably come in on a Saturday and you wouldn't see him till Tuesday. Yeah. But he's the manager. And then he'd have Bobby Saxton and Adrian Heath and everyone else doing the coaching. And then he'd come in on the Tuesday and that and he'd just manage, pick the team and manage people. And then and it worked. Like, this is why it never made really? sense. We're going back over all the ground a little bit, but this was my reservation from the start. And, I'm, and, I, and I said that this podcast where I said that was with, when he came in and Dodds got promoted, and then but yet then Bale come in and said, "I love getting on the grass and training the players and all that stuff." And it just didn't Who said work. That? Who said that? Bale uh, when he Bale. first came. Did he, did so he? you're like. You're like, but this doesn't make any sense because Mowbray doesn't do that. Yeah. Dodds does that. Yeah. So now you've given Dodds a promotion and you've got two, yeah. conf- not conflicting, but two coaches who love to get in the grass and train. How do you know they're going to work? They just, yeah. they, the whole thing just didn't... It just, they, there was no joined up thinking at all around obvious. it. We are covering all ground No, we are. And it just, like, obviously the bail not being a manager thing was clear and he can't do press conferences. He, like, he can't... Sp- like, he, He's just tied himself in knots throughout the whole six weeks. And, like, and when you're Sunderland manager or head coach, whether you like it or not, even this this commun- this football community in this city, even if you're not match goes, everybody knows who the Sunderland manager is. And every, everybody who doesn't go to the matches has a passing interest in football because they're that important in this city. That every And it might sound cliched as anything, but it's, tr- it's, it's true. I could speak like the mother-in-law or anybody who doesn't really know about football, but they know who the Sunderland manager is, and they will have an opinion on how they conduct themselves in press conferences and in interviews. That's the way it is, and that's got to be factored in. We'll take a little bit of a, a quick break, and we'll come back when I ask. We'll do five, ten minutes on Thomas and uh, tell you about some live stuff that we've got going on. <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say Podcast. I'm sure they've turned the music back up on here, you know. They turned down for some yeah, sure come back. Nah, nah, I'd be fine. We'll, keep, we'll plow through, we'll plow through. Um, right, Thomas, I think when we look at the demographic of the people who listen to this, I think the vast majority of people will know who you are because it's um, generally 30 plus. It's not Paul Butler. <laughs> <laughs> but um, much to our surprise, we actually do have people who listen and people even involved in the podcast who didn't even watch Kevin Phillips play for Sunderland, which just freaks us all out. Didn't even see Roy Keane as manager really, for Sunderland. It really bothered which, you yeah, that, didn't it? Did, it, it very, very much did, Jack. I'm thinking about just ditching him completely. Um, so, just um, a little reminder for those people. Just tell us about... Uh, they probably worked out by the accent that you know, you're not from Roger. Um, just tell us about a little bit about um, your upbringing and how, how moving to the... To the glorious Sunderland, sandy beaches of Sunderland came no, about. I, I was uh, very lucky. I was um, Pop Robson was my new team coach, and Ricky Sprazier, Jed McNamee. That's so I was. I was quite lucky. So I was. Um, I was playing for Ireland under 15s and uh, they, they they came over and were watching. I think we played Northern Ireland. I think we went beat them one nil, and they were there. And I got a I got a letter through saying. You know, we a were letter. quite a letter. a letter, not a text, oh, yeah. not an email. An email, didn't know what that was. So I got um, a letter through, yeah, and it said you've been invited to trial for a week at Sunderland, and obviously I'd, I'd just seen the Sunderland badge with the ship on it, and I thought it was Southampton. Didn't have a Scooby like where I had no idea, right? So uh, anyway, I was, I was I was elated, I was buzzing, you know. So I was thinking, yes, get in. So I came over, I had a trial for a week. Is this, like, like, is this like mid 90s, late 90s? This would have been kinda? 97, 98, yeah. around then. So um, I came over, went, stayed in the youth hostel, which was down the road where we had 20 lads in the youth hostel, which was great. So uh, that was an eye opener. That. So I was, I was 15 or 16. Came in, I'd, I'd done quite well on my trial, and, and then popped in, uh, just rang my parents then the week after and said, we, On the house phone. Uh, on, on the house phone, <laughs> which, my, which my dad was like, Don't be on that long, it's a pound, it's a pound a minute or something back in those days. Like, so. Uh, and uh, yeah, so he, he, they were buzzing and just said, "Look, look, you've been offered a contract, an apprenticeship, and a, I think it was like a one-year pro or whatever it was back then." Um, and then that was it. And because I, in, in the usual stuff in school, I was finished. I was thinking sixteen, forget school. I want to get out, get go play football. And uh, in England, I mean, obviously, for, for every kids, all the kids back in Ireland playing school by football, that's where they want to be. Obviously, playing playing in England, playing for a, an English team. So to get there was what I was buzzing so that was it really and started off there 
and moved over in 97 or 98 and I was here I think I think until four I think it was about five years five six years did you ask anybody who Sunderland was if you didn't know who they were well when I landed I was telling all my mates I was in Southampton for about a month <laughs> so I don't know how that works like, you couldn't get further away but obviously I wasn't the brightest spark at the time but uh, I think the good thing was is when, when I came here as well it was um, there was a good few well, there was a good few Irish players there as well so it was easy for me kind of to settle in as well like, obviously Quinny was there Niall Quinn um, so he he was quite good, but um, I think the young Irish so that'd been like uh, Michael Reddy, Cliff Burn, Born, Finbar Lynch, who's a coach there now. Yeah. I, I, I think he coaches the under 16s now. Um, Brendan McGill, there was loads, and there was so many. And then there was the Northern Irish lads, and then I mean the youth hostel was class. Like we had room one, two, three, four, five, six. We'd have the Irish, the Southern Irish, on room one. We had the Northern Irish lads in room two. We had the Scandinavian lads on the other floor. And three in the morning, doors kicked in, fire extinguishers on. You're like, it was great. And I think that's why our youth team was good as well, because we were all like living in the same building. And we were, despite all that type of stuff and all like fun and games, we all kind of like, we all got on well. And we were all internationals as well. So our youth team were, were decent as well. Like we, we used to win the league probably. I think we actually think we won the league. Man United, Liverpool, all these. So recruitment wise even then Sunderland for, from the youth perspective they made sure they got all the kind of best players in the say the British Isles you'd be in the first team now well yeah. tell you what well we used to play the first team we used to play the first team in practice matches and Pop used to have us playing out from the back and playing kind of you know, which was unheard of back then it was more direct as you, as you can imagine and Pop had us playing football like the keeper passed out from the back we'd make angles and I used to always remember on a Friday Reedy would have the first team against the youth team and we used to batter the we used to batter the first team. You couldn't get the ball, but then you'd have ball here, someone bang, nail you, and then go, well, listen, son, don't take the piss out of me and all that. And you know, so it's like I say, it was great. Like you know, you wouldn't change anything really. Did you, know? you ever overstepped the mark on that front? Because but we've heard a few. We get ball on all the time and stuff. That's and right. and um, but we've heard it from the other end where people might overstep the mark. You know. Do a little Megs in train or something, and and I did. And, yeah. I, did I did it once before, and uh, so it was actually when I was on trial, and I didn't know what force teams were, or reserves, or anything. I was just I was sixteen, didn't have a clue, and uh, I could just hear this noise behind me, and I could just think, wow, you could hear the ground shake, and I was thinking, wow, somewhat bally obviously behind me, steam, you could you could just hear it. So I didn't actually mean it, so I turned out, and as he went to jump in to tackle, I just turned and the ball went through his legs and I went around and passed it. Now I didn't even know what a Megs was. And then one of the lads didn't help me, I can't remember who it was, went, Way! or something like that. <laughs> and Bawley's face turned from white to red, steam coming out of his ears. And I just thought, wow, ho, I mean, I'm going to get killed here. And I remember he chased me around the pitch. And he grabbed me, right? And a big grown man. But I've seen Bolly's hands. Yeah, yeah. The like, yeah. he's like a bear, basically, right? So, uh, grabbed me and he goes, You do that again, son. You take the piss out of the, the skipper like that again. There'll be trouble and all. And I was shitting myself. I was, I'm bearing in mind I'm on trial. I'm, t- I'm trying to impress. So I, I was on the phone to me, man, with that night. Was here? Did you get in the house phone? Oh, and, uh... I, was on, I, was, I was putting all these power coins in the thingy <laughs> later on. And she was like, how was your first day of trial, son? And I was like, mom, I said, all these English people are crazy. I said, I've come over and trying to impress. I said, the, the main man, the captain, just uh, tr- tr- chased me around the pitch and he's going to kill me. And she went, oh, that's, uh, you know, you're just settling in, son. Don't worry and all this. And, uh, and then I remember then the next morning I come in and Bawley, like, grabbed me and he goes, come here, you. And I thought, oh, he's going to knock me out. Uh, and he goes, listen, he said, uh, 
that was class that he said a brilliant bit of skill he said i loved it he says but i'm not going to be showing up in front of me mate so don't ever do that again to the skipper and then he slapped me in the back of the head and go but i love it so well done keep that up so i was like they're all crazy over here i said no, i'm just gonna have to accept it so but brilliant all good personalities like you know so uh, you intimidated or you need a certain kind of personality for it don't you yeah you do like as in like i grew up in dublin and i quite 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 a rough area we did it's, it's like i'd say working class but like probably you know people like poverty line stuff you know so to kind of get out of where i grew up was was tough and you either were really good academically or you played football there was no other or else you went a diff, completely different route yeah, so what like I said I mean probably a bit so I grew up with probably eight lads on my street and probably four dead out of eight so I know kids we played in the streets with they just if they weren't academically good or played football they went that different route whether it was crime or drugs or whatever it was and you know so for me getting out and getting over here you almost as a parent you're going oh thank god you know and Sunderland's a nice area it's not you know it's not like I mean like some parts of Dublin are what they are but you know I, my mum when I came over here she was delighted she said if I because she came over and looked at the, the area and said you know what she said uh, of all the places she goes I'd like to live in in England would be here because it reminds me of of what Dublin was like probably in the 70s and 80s people are nice you talk to you they're very friendly you know that type of way and she said you know what she said if, if I want my boys to go somewhere that's, that's a great place to go so she loves that she loves it over here yeah north of England should definitely be more like definitely more connected to like Wales, Scotland, Ireland, isn't it? Like, yeah, it should be, really, you should claim independence without a doubt. Uh, can you, all right, you obviously can, um, talk us through your debut and who it was against and what happened. At least, can you remember your debut? Like, it's, uh, nah, not, not a clue, mate, no. I, I, probably, I think it was Walsall. <laughs> he's, not, he's not sure. No, I, I, I think it was Walsall in the, I think it was the, oh, I can't remember the cup called. What whatever, the league, oh, whatever the League Cup was whatever then, that yeah. Whatever the Cup was, yeah. the Cup, yeah. yeah. But the, be- the best one was the Chelsea one. I, I remember. Uh, What's it? Is your league Chelsea yet? Premier League? Day, like I, I didn't. I didn't come on, but I remember. Uh, I remember Breedy shouting out of the dugout to Charlie Hurley, so shouting to Ricky. Ricky was coaching us at the time, and he said, "Rick, come over, come over here," you know. And uh, he said, "This is on a Friday," and he said, "Tell Tommy he's on the bench tomorrow, twelve o'clock stadium," and I was absolutely <laughs> shit. My I was like. I'm playing against Chelsea at the Stadium of Light. Poye and all these like superstars. That's when we beat. Was this the four-one game? Yeah, that's yeah, when Quinny and Kev like lit it up, and I, I was on the bench. And I remember at the time I was on. I think I was on. I think I was on 175 quid a week, and I, now I thought I was a millionaire at the time. I was thinking 175 quid a week, 17 year old, doing all right. And then, uh, the context yeah. is probably about 500 quid a week probably, now yeah. for anybody listening now yeah yeah yeah, and, and, yeah probably had yeah. no bills and then yeah. I remember we won the game and then afterwards Bobby Saxon was going uh, I, didn't, I didn't know what the win bonuses were so if you're on the bench and you didn't even come on you got, you got the win bonus so uh, he was going around and he was saying oh well Tommy Tommy five grand and I was going what's he talking about I said what five grand what's he on about and he said, five grand. He said, what are you going to do with five grand? And five grand might have been 50 million to me at the time. I was thinking, wow. And he goes, yeah, the win bonus. He said, you're on the bench. You didn't come on. He says, but you got five grand. I thought, wow, party central. I thought, Jesus, five grand for just What did you do with it? Can you remember? I blew it straight away. I think it was, uh, I think, what was the nightclub called in the town? Beach or something? Beach, yes. I think, uh, I think that was the call. Drinks are on me. I was like, oh, come on, I'll get these in. But I remember, I remember that. And uh, but then I was also thinking, oh, please put me on. But I remember Kev scored that worldy, that, oh, that, that class God, goal. Yeah. and oh, the, 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 
Well, that was Paul Thurber's finest moment for yeah. Sunderland. He absolutely bossed the midfield that year. Yeah, and like I say, it's you know, you you look at at those times where I mean, even 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 training, it was lads do a few laps of the pitch, come in stretch straight into a small side of game, really intense, and then twelve o'clock, right off you go. It was never really like football is now. It's a lot more academic. Everything's on boards, powerpoints, which is fine, but. When I look back then, it was so simple. How, how common is this, by the way? Because I know there was footage of like Grayson doing it on the sun until I die, and then Bale doing it, and everyone's going in. But the more, does this happen more than we think? Because I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I, you know what? I love a PowerPoint, by the way. I'm just getting that out there now. As long as there's not fucking a thousand words on a on a on a on a slide, and it's interactive and stuff. But not for footballers, no. surely, no? Do you know what, for me personally, and again, I'll have loads of people who disagree, but me as a player, I loved it when, say, Reedy and those people were there because you, you got worked every day as a player. So you come in and you just trained and you're sweating and you, and you worked your socks off. And then once, once you've just done, your ba- done the basics, that was it. But I always, I struggled when Coward Wilkinson came in. Oh, it was an absolute disaster. For me, it was. I hated football. I think for everybody, they... But some, but, many, some, yeah. but some lads liked it so, so like Michael Proctor Proctor liked it I was going to see yeah Proctor loved it so he, Proctor he, liked was, him, he yeah. was my mate growing yeah. up like, Proctor really great lad yeah. right? so me and him all the way in the youth team up and I said Proctor what do you think of Will because oh, I love it he says I'm learning loads like by looking and he's explaining stuff and I was going I hate it because <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck in a room and I'm, I'm looking at stupid stuff all day like an hour and a half on a screen about a throw in I'm going come on will you I'm, I need to go and train and I'm like, that's when I kind of got lost and I just thought, it's not for me this, like, I'd take Reedy or, or and I'd go like Graham Jones out of Swansea whose the sessions were just right, lads, 90 minutes, intense, you're going to burn three and a half thousand calories, if you mess about, I'll just run you, do we understand? Boom, love it, love it, I know where I stand. Is that the guy in Newcastle who was yeah. involved with England? Brilliant yeah. coach, one of the best coaches, super coach, and he, he so they, those were the two lads down there. But just so good, like, and I, I loved it. And as soon as I went into a classroom, and I was thinking, I got away from Ireland to get away from school. <laughs> I know he has a chuck at me in the classroom again with PowerPoints. And there needs to be, there needs to be balancing. And honestly, like as daft as this might sound, like because I've just mentioned, I love a PowerPoint now. But this, this transfers into like business or any walk of life, because a PowerPoint can kill you, yeah. or it can inspire you. Yeah. And it needs to be the right balance. Well, it it's, needs... it's like, for me now, there's too much academics in football. And I don't mean, I'm not having to go at them. You can't knock it, but it's just... You think football lost something? It, it's it, it's it a personality. Its... Like, there's too, like, there's fit, like, Liverpool have a physicist in charge of recruitment and all this stuff. And I'm going, well done, brilliant. Pay him 150 grand a year, but <laughs> calm down. We all know who the players are. There's probably about 100 players in the world. Not even that. There's probably about 20 players in the world that can play for Liverpool. We all know who they are. You're not going to go down the park on a Sunday and find someone who's yeah. going to play, go into Liverpool's first team. But like, do you know what I mean? It's just going to, you need, I think you said it earlier on, you need a balance. Yeah. But now that some clubs that are all academic and know people from a plain background or whatever it is, and I, I always liken it to a surgeon. I always say like, if I'm getting an operation, do I want a surgeon who's had a thousand operations and has a success rate of X? Or someone who's had no operations but has a doctor in known about an operation. <laughs> Who am I picking? I'm picking the bloke who's actually operated yeah. any day of the week. Now, 
that's probably a simplistic view. I'm, I'm chucking at it, and loads of people disagree because there's good managers out there from non-playing backgrounds, and I get that. But generally, what, what, from, from what, what I see of it is they're just overloading with all these, even the terms they're using to switch a ball, recycle the ball. So you mean switch the ball? <laughs> like it's annoying. It's just getting annoying. Like no, I think Nottingham Forest have taken it to the final extreme by getting the referee VAR analyst Mark Clattenburg, especially because he's a mag. Yeah, it's just pathetic, isn't it? I mean, and the Gladiators referee. Have you seen Is he a mag? I watch it. You know what? I love the Gladiator. Yeah, I love it. Have you seen his tattoo? And he oh, when he, when he, oh, when he, oh, when he says two in a Scottish yeah, accent, yeah, 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 because yeah. that's how John Anderson used to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's mad. Yeah, well, like I say, it's it's Cattenberg tangent there. A lot of people <laughs> disagree with me because, <laughs> like, get, get get Proctor on the on the on the thingy, and he would say, oh, oh, he loved it. But so it's all oh, it all depends. But, I mean, we had a show with Proctor for three years. Did you? Yeah. He's now. I wonder yeah. why he's blanking me calls. <laughs> yeah. Proctor, any chance of a ticket? D B. Oh, that's um, good. But now, nah, like I say, it's uh, for me. It's about getting the balance right, and all the good clubs I've been at. Well, good clubs, probably two. Well, Swansea I was at when when it, when it was going well, the balance was right all across the board. You know, so loads more we could ask you, but we're going to save it. Um, we'll give you some more information, but we're going to get Thomas involved a lot more. I think um, handy that you live local. All of the players have just gone up in the now. The only reason yeah, why yeah. I'm getting involved is because I live next to the yeah, pub. Well, Come on, yeah. let's be honest. Just, just, uh, just tell me. It's, it's, it's definitely a factor, who's Thomas. It, it's, it's definitely who's a factor. Yeah. I, I, was, I was 20th on the list, right? I was all crossed out. Who's, who's I, last? I go to the pub a lot. And Thomas goes to the pub a lot. Yeah, well, you know. It's a no-brainer. Isn't it? It's a good thing. Um, and we'll give you more information, but what we're going to do is obviously come here again. These things happen. And we're still deciding on some of the things, so we'll give you more specific information uh, after this on the socials might put a little um, clip out on 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 the podcast platforms just to let you know but on the 28th of march yes we're going to come back here and we're going to do something in some form that is live with thomas so we want you to come along to that we're still deciding exactly what that's going to be and what that's going to look like like we know we like we haven't just thought of this now like yeah there are there's like a plan a plan b and plan c that kind of thing yeah yeah um so we will let you know what that is but just keep an eye out on socials and on your podcast platforms and we will update you but we'd love to see you here basically come and meet thomas now we've had the introduction and um have a bit crack about football it'd be great so keep your eyes peeled for that um didn't really go to norwich much anybody confident for the for the weekend no, I'm going. Oh, really? Yeah. It's some trek, Norwich, isn't it? I've never, I've never done it. Five and a half. Oh, hours. have you done Ipswich before? No, neither. No, so we're staying over there. <laughs> Look, it's a championship, so who knows what's going to happen? Like every mm. time I think Sunderland, I'm thinking oh, I don't fancy us. They'll win, and get like I say against the Swansea when they come up. I thought this is an easy, nice little three niller. Look what happens. Yeah. So it's really tough. Norwich was one last season where. We, we thought we had no chance because we were in that rut that we'd had and we won one now. We were trying to go, didn't we, in the Harbour View? Yeah, we did, yeah. Sunday, didn't I? I went off to do that. No, it's these things happen yeah. from now on, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I know, well, that's it, to be fair. We've had a lot of... Uh, we've given a lot of free advertisement out lately. No more. Right. No. Um, okay, so... I'll get a quick prediction before we go, just for the people who who want to know that. So, prediction, Matt. 2-2. Uh, two, two. 
Who's going to score? No idea. <laughs> I'm going for a score draw, 1-1. One, one. I think 1-1 one, one as well. Yeah. So, score draw, across score the draw. draw. Yeah. Stop the run a bit. Anything away from home, I'll take it. I'll take a draw. I'm thinking stop the run a bit before Leicester. Oh It'd be important. It's important we don't lose the game, to be honest. Yeah. Like, because because uh, we'll probably lose to Leicester. So that's five. five in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And then the season tickets are getting thrown off cars. That's yeah. I've been there. And then, you know. And, 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 and then and then Dodds comes in the question yeah. again, which is meant which is meant. Proctor's all of a sudden manager, and then and we've got no, no. chance. Oh, oh, Proctor's wow. worse, even worse, getting the sack. And oh, I love that. Me, all of a sudden, I get a phone call from him. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, look who's been sacked. I got a text from him. I love that. That's nice, isn't it? For the first time, I was ever in a position of text. The Southern manager, that would be great. Yeah, that would no. be a new. I'm kind of hoping that happens now. No, right, no, right, okay. Yeah, okay. As always, thanks for listening. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns